You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. And then Raw for Roscoe. Catch a wave. Kick clear into the straight though. He's well out in front. Raw for Roscoe's running on with hot deal. Catch a wave. 100 ounce. Nicely clear though from Raw for Roscoe through to second and catch a wave wins. Catch a wave first. Raw for Roscoe's second. Yeah, catch a wave. He's one of the stars of harness racing, of course, in Australasia. And Chrissy returns on the weekend as he heads towards the Tabureka. Good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, he lines up in the uh, the free-for-all race at Melton on Saturday night, looking to overcome a second-row draw. So this is going to be a good test. He keeps building towards the Tabureka, a, uh, a race worth $2.1 million. So a lot is going to be asked of him on the weekend, and uh, many are expecting some big results. So this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. As we know, Leap to Fame is the favourite for that that race, the uh, the Tabureka, coming up on September 2. So can he conquer Leap to Fame? Well, we'll probably know a little bit more after this weekend. Two re remaining slots, Wayne Loder and John Singleton. There's a bit of rumours around. You would have heard them that Wayne Loder will probably take Rippon if he runs well on the weekend at Menangle, Chris. Um, and also Tim's a trooper. John Singleton may end up going with Tim. So Queensland may have... Yeah, a I don't... I don't believe that, uh, Steve. I, okay. I think Wayne Loder's looking at either Rip or Tim's a trooper. Uh, I think the two, they're the two horses he's looking at. Uh, and I think the more you think about it with John Singleton, I think he'll lean towards the WA Mayor, Steve. I just think Wonderful to Fly will be the first one on his radar because when you start piecing this all together, we've got the Tasmanian horse now locked away, Magician. Uh, just overnight, uh, Summit Bloodstock have announced that they're going with the South Australian owned in Cypher. So if Singo goes with Wonderful to Fly, that means every jurisdiction within Australia will be represented. That's the way I'm looking at it. I may be wrong, but I think if they go that way, or the team with John Singleton, if, if he picks Wonderful to Fly, every state of Australia is then represented in this big event. So inaugural running and they can lay claim to having every state of Australia represented as far as a harness racing is concerned. Don't want to keep Pete McMullen, one of our leading drivers, waiting too long, but just in regards to Captain Ravishing, so when does he run before this big one? Uh, I think he's set to work between races this weekend, uh, Steve. It may be at uh, Melton on Saturday night. He may have another exhibition workout, but I don't think he's going to start before he goes into that race. So they're planning on attacking the, the Tabureka fresh, and that's a race over 2,400 metres, so it's bold, it's audacious, but um, they've come out and stated publicly that they want to attack that race fresh. So he may work between races again this weekend, but uh, they plan on going into that race fresh up. They've tweaked a little bit of gear on the horse as well, haven't they? Pete McMullen's with us now. Well, I wanted to chat with Pete this morning, Steve, because he flies out on Friday bound for Europe because, as we know, the World Drivers' Championship starts on Sunday and that's going to take place in the Netherlands. So we've got four, four legs to this series. It's Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday next week. So we're going to the Netherlands, we're going to Germany, we're going to Belgium, and we'll finish in Germany. And they're all at different tracks. So over 20 races for these drivers. Pete McMullen, as we know, representing Australia. We've got representation from Belgium, Canada, France, Germany, Malta, Serbia, the Netherlands, New Zealand and the United States. Blair Orange is also flying out on Friday. He's going to represent New Zealand. And just uh, when you go into the form of Australian representatives uh, in previous uh, World Driving Championship, it doesn't read good, Steve. This is the form line that we've got from our last 10 reps. 12th, 8th, 7th, 11th, 10th, 10th, 4th, 6th, 9th, 8th. The last time we hit the board was all the way back in 1999. Lance Justice, representing South Australia at the time, finished third. We've only had two winners represent Australia in the World Drivers, and this first started back in 1970. Ted Demler was our most recent winner. That was in 1987. Before that, it was a Queenslander, Keith Addison, all the way back in 1975. So, Pete McMullen's got an excellent opportunity to right some wrongs in recent times well, it and he's online with us now. A list of drives, doesn't the drawer? I mean, they're probably driving bolters, all those drivers there, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pete, good morning. 
Morning. Thanks for having me. Can, can you hit the board? Can you right the wrong of our recent uh, run of outs there with drivers representing Australia in the World Drivers' Championship? Well, gee, the stats don't read real good for us, do they? <laughs> They're horrible. <laughs> Might be the algorithms. Can you get some good drives? Yeah, well, um, the, the fields are out for uh, Sunday's meeting, so... Um, we've got a couple of OK draws. Um, I don't really know what I'm looking at, to be honest. I, I couldn't read a lot of the names or all in a different language. But, um, yeah, no, we're, we're there and we're, we're there to win. So, uh, fingers crossed we can really do well. Well, although I was on the net this morning as well, just trying to work out some of these tracks and what size tracks you're competing at. No, I, I, I got confused. I didn't know what I was looking at and I didn't know what sort of language I was trying to read here. So, just tell me, do you know what size tracks you're competing at? Four tracks three different countries and they're all different i'm assuming yeah well i haven't sort of too far ahead but um i know, I know the first sort of uh, day of racing there on sunday uh, i think it's at wall vega or something like that um it, it's a five-eighths track so um you know i think most of the races are over 2100 meters um so yeah i suppose that's something similar to what we're used to so um yeah fingers crossed we can sort of maybe listen to someone and understand some language and, and get get a go on and, and maybe make a good day of it. Surely there's an interpreter going along somewhere there to uh, just translate. Yeah, well, I'm hoping so because, um, yeah, doing a bit of research there and watching a few of their replays, I didn't have much idea what they were sort of, what they were saying or anything. So um, I'm sure there will be people and, you know, from all reports, they do speak a lot of English as well, so... Uh, fingers crossed, um, I can get guided in the right, right direction. All right. So being Europe, they're all trotting races. There's no pacing races, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, all, all trotters, um, no paces at all. Okay. So out of all of those uh, drivers that are competing uh, throughout this series next week, there's one female driver. Uh, that is Hannah uh, Huygens from Belgium, and they reckon she goes pretty good. Defending champion there... Rick Abinge, he's representing the Netherlands. They reckon he goes pretty well, uh, pretty good also. So they're probably the two drivers to probably keep an eye on at this point. Yeah, obviously, um, yeah. To be honest, I haven't sort of followed the European racing too much, so I, you know, I don't really know know a lot of those drivers. Obviously, I, you know, I follow you know North American racing a bit and you know, Canada, and obviously got Blair Crown from New Zealand. So yeah, you know, sort of been following them a little bit, and um, yeah. I, but to be picked to represent your country in the world drivers, you obviously drive pretty good. So I think they're all going to be dangerous. Okay. Doug McNair, you would know well from Canada. You watch a lot of races up there. There's been a fair few of your horses that have left your stable and found their way to Canada. And Doug may have sat behind a few, I'm not sure. Uh, what about Jordan Ross from the United States? Do you know much about Jordan? Not really. Um, you know, I didn't really know much about him at all until he was picked. But I've been watching him a little bit. Uh, he's been racing at Hoosier Park a fair bit. And um, from, from watching a few of his interviews, he, he seems like a bit of a character. So uh, looking forward to really meeting him and, you know, and, and sort of finding out a bit more about, um, you know, their racing and all the rest. So. What's the best part about this World Drivers' Championship? You were the reserve when it was held in Australia a few years ago. That was when Chris Alford represented. So what's the best part about meeting and competing against these top-flight drivers? Yeah, uh, to be honest, I think, you know, obviously it's just a huge honour to be able to represent your country, but, you know, being able to go away and, and um, you know, meet new people and, and you, you create lifelong friends um, through these trips. You know, obviously, then I was lucky enough to sort of see, meet some of my idols, you know, Tim Tietrick and Jody Jemison, Dexter Dunn and, um, you know, all those sort of guys. And obviously still stay in contact with a lot of them now. So um, to be able to sort of, you know, these guys are the best in our sport and to be able to just sort of you know rub heads with them it's pretty amazing really mm. hey when mm. does all how does this all get funded you know your flights your accommodation prize money how do, who funds all this um racing queensland and hra have come on board and um funded flights and uh, i think i'm not sure exactly how it works but i, I know that the hosting country pays for a lot of the accommodation and and a lot of the stuff that happens there. So, um, yeah, I'm still yet to sort of find out exactly what we're doing. I know we've got a lot of racing, a lot of travelling, but I'm not sure if there's many other functions or anything else we go to as of yet. Well, you are getting around because there's three countries involved, and I know they're fairly close together, but as you said, that, that takes in a fair bit of travel. So you've got the Netherlands, you've got Germany, you've got Belgium. So 
you are doing a fair bit of travelling, so there's not a great deal of time for sightseeing by the look of it because the series basically runs just a week. Yeah, yes. Um, it's going to be a pretty hectic week. Like, it's a 24-hour flight to get there, and then, you know, we'll get there and stay one night and then race the next day, and then I think it's uh, tra travel a day after that to another country, uh, race two days, and then travel again to another country and race again and pretty much straight home, um, 24 hours back home. So it's going to be a pretty hectic week, and... Um, now, hopefully we can sort of catch a few sites on, on the way you know, around, but, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be sort of you know, a pretty busy week. Mm. And this is completely foreign to you. You've never been to Europe previously? No, never been to Europe. Um, you know, didn't probably have a lot of um, or any plans to sort of go to Europe other than, you know, watch a little bit of sort of, you know, the elite lop and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, always watch a lot of North American racing and, Obviously, have been there and, and we'll, would love to go back there. But, um, yeah, so to be actually be able to go on this trip, it's really good. But it's something I hadn't planned on doing. And to be able to get to go and see how they do it and, um, you know, hopefully learn some new ways of, you know, racing and training and all the rest. And, and um, you know, with the trotters, it's going to be a, a really big learning curve. Well, you're big on the trotters. The stable continuously uh, produces nice trotters. You've got a real good one at the moment in Gus. So... It is about learning and it's a great fact-finding mission because things are going to be a whole lot different over there compared to what you're used to right now. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I, I think I'm at, at the stage of my life where I'm really taking notice of different things like that. And, um, you know, when I went to America, I think it was like about 10 years ago, and I probably didn't really take in everything I needed to. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to being able to get into Europe and, you know, taking a lot of notice of, you know, different equipment and different shoes and... and, and you know, how they do things and, and why they do things. Um, obviously, with a you know a bunch of trotters and some baby trotters that are being quite frustrating, we might be able to pick up some, some tricks and help them out a little bit. Well, just to go through some of the drivers that have done the, uh, the green and gold colours previously, and this will really put it into perspective for you for what you've achieved. Some of the names that have represented Australia include Kevin Newman, Gordon Rothicker, Vic Frost, Jim Schrader... Uh, Keith Addison, um, Daryl Alexander, Ross Sugars, Ted Demler, Fred Kersley, Barry Rattray, Lance Justice, Chris Alford, Brian Hancock, Grant Dixon, Jeff Webster, Karen Manning. Um, the, the list is good. Recent times, Toddy McCarthy, who's now firmly established himself in North America, Shane Graham, one of the best still going around here in Queensland. So that's that's a really good list that your name now joins. Yeah, when you sort of start thinking of it like that, um, you know, I grew up watching those guys drive and, you know, you try and sort of model yourself off them and, and hope to, you know, be able to just one day race against them, let alone sort of go and do some of the things that they were able to achieve in their life. So, yeah, it's pretty incredible. And, um, you know, some days you sort of got to pinch yourself at what you're actually doing. It's, um, yeah, it's a huge thing and it's uh, really exciting and, and very honoured to be able to go represent my country. Some of the names that haven't got their name on that uh, list so far and their, their household name, Luke McCarthy, Gary Hall Jr., uh, Greg Sugars. And then you go back, like, looking at it from a Queensland perspective, Kevin Thomas, who was known as the King of the Creek, never represented Australia. So, you know, just to, to, to give it more credit, that it, it's a huge honour, a huge honour. Yeah, definitely. You know, like... and. To think like it only comes around every every normally every second year and um you know only one person to represent each country it's um you know not many people get the opportunity to be able to do it and i'm very thankful that i am getting the opportunity and um you know it's it's pretty amazing really yeah and, and given the the covid pandemic it's been a few extra years now i think 2019 was the last time it was staged so you fly out on friday as you said basically 24 hours in the air door to door so uh are you ready for that? Yeah, I think I'll handle it okay. Um, Chantelle, I don't know if she's looking forward to it as much as I am, but uh, you know, I'm sure I'll get a few hours sleep on the plane. And <laughs> I was going to say, ready to go. <laughs> you'll just sleep the whole way. <laughs> you'll be able yeah, to catch I, up on that missing sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm usually a pretty good sleeper, so yeah, I'm not too worried about that. But um, yeah, it's going to still be a hectic week, and um, you know, it's a lot. Of, time differences and that sort of thing and and trying to stay on top of things here at home um you know it's it's going to be a bit of a juggle for a week but not really looking forward to it yeah who do you normally lean on um, when you you know you obviously narissa's going as well some of some key staff members there peter at the at the stable 
Um, yeah, we're, we're lucky at the moment. We've got you know really good uh, staff members here, Paddy Krogan and Bree Evans. Um, you know they'll be in charge, and um, you know it's a very important week at home. So you know, I've got, but we've got full faith in them that um, you know they can do it, do the job, and, and fingers crossed, you know they can have good success at home while we're gone. Well, it is a trip of a lifetime, but. As you said, it's a very important week because Saturday week at Albion Park, it's Q-Bread Triad Race Night. So rich prize money, uh, big races. You produced a couple of your juveniles yesterday at the trials and they look super sharp. Riley Rainbow is going to be one of the, the main players in the two-year-old fillies and Deli Rowe is going to be one of the major players in the two-year-old Colts and Gildings. And you've got to forego those drives because of uh, this commitment with the World Drivers' Championship. That wouldn't have been easy. No, obviously, you know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and, and, you know, 100% always, always, you know, going to go do that. But, um, you know, as it's got a bit closer and these, you know, a couple of babies have come through, you know, really good and everything seems well, yeah, it's sort of um, a little bit disheartening that, you know, I'm going to miss that. And it's been, you know, been 12 months of work put into into these babies and to get them there for the main event and then not be there, it is a little bit disheartening. But um, at the same time, this is an opportunity for a lifetime and couldn't miss it for anything. Yeah, that, they were good at the trials, though, yesterday. Both of those horses, weren't they? Yeah, super happy with both those. Um, Riley Rainbow, she seems like she's something special. And uh, and Deli Rowe, he, he um, is con- continues to keep improving and seems to be right on track for the triad, plus a few others that qualified yesterday. All right. So they're the two-year-olds that are going to start Saturday week. Just on a few of the others, are they, are they having a, a little bit of downtime with you being away, the likes of Black Sedans, Big wheels, he raced last week. Uh, Gus, do they all go uh, to the paddock for a little bit of a, a, an ease up? Yeah, they've, um, you know, we've sort of worked a lot of their preparations around this sort of, you know, trip. So um, a couple of those raced last week and then coming downtime now until we sort of get home. And, um, you know, as they sort of race throughout the week, they'll probably have a bit of an easy week next week. And, um, you know, when we get home, we'll kick back in the gear and, and start them all up and, you know, obviously some of those ones, you know, Black to Dance, Big Wheels, Mr. McLaren, Gus, uh, you know, hopefully they can have a nice run into the into Dominion. Mm, no doubt. So it's going to be a busy time for the, uh, the the back end of the year. And just on Gus, he's a really exciting horse, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you know, obviously he had been doing a few things wrong, but, you know, he, he just straight away gives, gives you that, you know, amazing feel and, um, he's got, you know, great speed. He's strong, and I think the the best part about him is he's only had eight lifetime starts, and um, you know, he's got it all ahead of him. And you know, who, who knows where he could end up? You know, uh, he, he's um, yeah, certainly something special. All right, hey, just a quick one before I let you go. Take your driver's hat off. Put your stud master's hat on. We're getting closer to breeding season. Catch the fire. He's officially touched down in Australia. Still doing a little bit of quarantine. Yeah, that's correct. Um, he's he's here in Australia though, and um, you know all reports, everything's going well. Sent a few photos of him, and um, he's an amazing looking horse. And you know, I really can't wait to get him here in Queensland and, and, and stand um, stand him here. He, he's you know, he's he's just he was an amazing racehorse. He's got a great pedigree, um, you know, great temperament, great racehorse all round. You know, manners wise, everything. So um, he, he crosses with you know such amazing variety of mares and um you know i think he's going to do a super job can't wait to sort of get him here and you know start dealing with him and um really can't wait to sort of get his project down the track and uh yeah no he's something exciting that's for sure so will it be the end of the month that he'll be able to uh, arrive in queensland yeah um yeah back end of august maybe the first week of september he'll be uh, here in queensland and yeah really looking forward to it all right. And what about Dance? He's uh, he's now establishing himself as a broodmare sire. Two of the best three-year-olds in North America. Uh, Confederate, who's already won the uh, the Midlands Pace. He won the Cane Pace last weekend. Cannibal, who won the uh, Adios last time out. Both out of a rock and roll dance mare. So he's kicking goals. Yeah, definitely. I think he's you know he's probably one of the most underrated sires in, in Australia, rock and roll dance. Um, you know, he continues to get winners day in, day out, and. You know, he's got a few real nice ones. Um, obviously, Blacks of Dance, you know, Grand Circuit sort of quality, as well as uh, Cobber. He's a very good horse too. And, um, you know, he's now proved himself as being, you know, a broodmare sire, Confederate and um, Cannibal. Confederate looks like he's um, going to be one of the best horses ever took through a bridle. So, yeah, mm. 
and, and you would presume that that cross of, um, you know, Sweet Lou over the Rock and Roll Dance Mares uh, would go the other way too, Rock and Roll Dance over Sweet Lou Mares. So, you know, he, he was bred to be a champion. He was a champion. He's now showing on, um, you know, in the breeding barn that, you know, he's going to leave a uh, dynasty. Well, there's no doubt about that. He's got the results and uh, they're coming thick and fast. So a lot to look forward to. Competing uh, in the World Drivers' Championship. Good luck. Safe travels on Friday. And we'll try and follow the results as closely as possible if we can uh, work out what they're actually saying over there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be interesting, but uh, really looking forward to it. And I you know, just can't wait to get there and get amongst it. You know what he's trying right. to... You know, he's angling at Pete. He wants to call it on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what he's trying to do here. I'm, I'm awake to it. Yeah. Thanks, Pete. Looking forward to hearing that. Cheers. Yeah, Pete McMullen joining. Thanks, Pete. So, Chris, just so the so... Netherlands, yes. Germany, Belgium, and then we finish in Germany. So that's in Berlin, the last leg. So all different tracks, Steve. So it's Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, that series next week. Of all those tracks, which one would you love to go to the most? Well, I don't know, Steve. I don't know any of them. Mm. I thought you would have seen, so... watched some of them over the years. No. Given you know you're in touch with um, certainly you follow United States racing, don't you very closely, Chris? Mm. Just in regards to the second of September, this Tab Eureka, the world's richest harness event. Of course, birds in Tokyo, terrific uh, band have been locked in to perform after the last a free concert. But just to yep. go through the slots quickly, Tab have got the Lost Storm, um, Team Zav, haven't they? Got Captain Ravishing. Who are they? Um, uh, that's Danny Zavasanos. Okay. Cordina Racing. We know Cordina's a port of fortune in the harness racing over the years. Catch a wave. Soho Standard Breads, My Ultimate Ronnie. Kevin and Kay Seymour leap to fame. Racing Queensland speak the truth. Um, Summit Bloodstock and Cypher. Taz Racing yep. Magician. So as we mentioned, John Singleton um, and also Wayne Loader, two to go. Yep. Is that right? So, yep, spot on. Uh, and just quickly, uh, the Lost Storm, the Derby winner, hasn't started since winning the Queensland Derby. He resumes on the weekend as well. I think he's in the race after Catch a Wave there. So they're nice and early, those races. I think they're races two and three for memory. So he's going to uh, strut his stuff again this weekend as he limbers up towards the Eureka. Speak the Truth was at the trials yesterday. Uh, he's going to start next Saturday night in that Qbred Triad final where he'll go up against Captain Shuffles. So he was beaten in his trial yesterday. He led up for real life. The three-year-old came off his back and, and beat him in a mile rate of 53-1. So that's where he starts in Cypher. So Emma Stewart with two runners now, the Lost Storm and in Cypher. She's a very good mare, very fast mare. And Luke McCarthy has been confirmed to drive in Cypher. So, uh, yeah, things are starting to, to piece together. So Wayne Loader's got to make a decision. I think it's a race in two for him. He either goes with his own horse, Rip, or he'll look towards uh, uh, Tim's a trooper. There's every chance that Tim's a trooper will start in that Singo race. But I've just got a feeling that John Singleton will be leaning towards the Perth mare. I just think uh, by having her... Uh, represent Singo, uh, just opens the race up for a, a national sort of uh, landscape or a viewpoint and uh, being a, a, another mayor in the race as well, I think uh, it augurs well. So I'm putting my uh, faith that Singo will select Wonderful to Fly as long as she performs well. Doesn't have to win the Singo, but as long as she performs well, I think he'll lean that way. John Singleton, of course, called an arc, Chris, uh, back to Australia many years ago and his horse ran around Strawberry Road in an arc. Um, you may do similar on the weekend. Uh, Dan Russell's with us. Dan, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. You've got a busy week coming up. You've got racing tonight, but what starts this weekend, Dan? Yeah, the Brisbane show, the Echo starts this weekend, so getting getting everything done, all the horses shod today for that, and I suppose we'll start packing our bags and looking to head in probably Friday or Saturday. Correct me if I'm wrong, you're the reigning champ. You took out the big show feature final last year. Yeah, no, that was last year's one. Yeah, we won it with Moonlight Butcher. So hopefully we can just go in this year and go have some bit of fun and then go to Redcliffe and hopefully win it again this year. All right. So just to outline how it sets up this year for 2023. Horses, all your horses arriving, what, Saturday? First day of competition, Sunday? Uh, no, they're having one race on tonight. And then, yeah, our first starters will be on the Sunday. Okay. And they're competing each and every day? Um, yeah, they're racing every day 
virtually through the show. Um, some horses are going to get faster than others, but yeah, they're all going to try to get at least four or five runs in the show this year. All right. And the finals, they're going to be taking place at Rickliffe on a Wednesday night. I think it's the last Wednesday of this month. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the last Wednesday of this month. So they'll virtually come out of the show, have probably a light week and get ready for that. Okay, okay. So how many horses are you taking to the show this weekend? Uh, myself, I'm taking five in this year. Okay. Are you going to be doing some driving or are you uh, handing the lines over to Jordan? No, I'll probably... She's, um, she doesn't want to drive two of them, so I'm going to have to put the clown by them ones. But, um, yeah, pretty, hopefully she'll do pretty much all the driving. I'll just sit back, just like the registered, so I'll just sit back and relax. Okay. So what is your best hope out of your five runners? What would you say your best hope is of winning one of the finals? Um... Probably knowing the truth, probably Western Ricky, who's been going good the last couple of starts, you know, since we've had a bit of an upside-down start with him, but he's been going a lot better lately, so if he gets away with him at Redcliffe, well, he's probably a good chance. Okay. And just out of curiosity, how much preparation, how much time have you put into these horses and how much, how much uh, study did you do to pick the right horses to take to the show this weekend? Well, not really much. Like, we just stood up. I think we stood up about seven or eight this year at home and just got the best ones who have stepped away the best, and they're the ones we've taken in. Okay. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Before the weekend, you've got racing tonight at Rickliffe, and a few good chances, may I add, too. Race three, number four, Tullers Cuddles. Uh, she's thereabouts. She's got somewhat of a sticky draw gate for tonight. How do you rate her chances? Yeah, well, here she go at Monday. I was real happy with it. So I think she'd should be um, very close tonight. You know, we've probably kind of worked out a little thing with her. When she goes back in the field, she doesn't try as good as she does up in front. So even though there's a little bit of speed in front side us tonight, well, we're just going to put the handlebars down and hopefully get in the chair and see if we can out-tough them up the straight. All right, simple plan there. Go forward. She's at $9.50 with tab fixed price. Going across to race five tonight, Gabby's ideal. This looks tailor-made for her tonight. Barrier one, she's a gate speed mare, sprint trip. Gee, she looks hard to beat. Yeah, she does. There's a little bit of speed outside her. There's, um, there's a little bit of speed outside her, but hopefully we can just hold up and they don't put too much pressure on us and we should be right. Were you disappointed last week with her, though? Um, not really. The lead time was a bit quicker than the week before. Yeah, she went real good the week before. She stuck it out. But um, it was a slower lead time, and we did a little bit more work on her last week. So we thought that was the thing over the 2,000 with her. But as I said the week before, she went real good. So we thought we could try it again with her. But, um, yeah, we just can't use that hard over the 2040 at Redcliffe. Okay, she's at 2.30 tonight, Gabby's ideal. Race six for no reason, low flying this mare. Uh, she's chasing a hat-trick of wins last week. Was she just so tough or did the horse that you beat last week sort of half just throw the towel in? Which was it? More, more kudos for for no reason or was the other horse just sort of weakening on his run? I think he was just weakening on his run. Like, she's a big, strong mare, you know, she'll... She likes sitting up and freaking actually getting up in your face, up in your grill and having a go at you. But um, she'll always, she won't, she'll never say die. She'll always give her a heart and that's what she did last week. She just showed her, showed us all how tough she really is. Yeah, clearly headed at the top of the straight but just fought back tenaciously to score. Rising in grade but mares in form, you normally stick with them. Yeah, yeah, no, she's. With her, like, yeah, there's a couple of, again, a couple of gate speed horses outside her, and hopefully, if we can hold up, it'd be great. If not, well, hopefully, we don't go down to the fence. We can just stay off into the running line and just do what we did last week, just keep on grinding, and hopefully, they can't get over the top of her again. All right, well, 460 right now with tab fixed price there for no reason. Raise eight, you've got a roughy here, Friday 13th, but he's been getting better. His last couple of runs have been okay. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to start calling him Friday can run fourth more than Friday third. <laughs> but um, he's, he's going with the little fella, you know, like he's just paying his way and that's the best thing, you know. He pops up with the little checks and he pays the workers' rages for that week. So it's just helping all, all the time, you know. He's, he's going to bounce up one day. Like we said a couple of weeks ago, he's going to win and we're not even going to think he's going to have a chance in the race. So he'll be there doing his little honest job again. All right, and in the last race, you've got a good chance here with Get a Load of This Bro. Uh, drawn out the outside of the front row, but uh, certainly looks uh, like it's going to be very competitive in this lineup. Yeah, no, I think so too, Chris. He's, um, he's actually really going better than what he's formed, reading a, a lot better, really. He's, um, like that last start when he ran fifth at Albion, he only really got out with 200 to go and he rattled home real good virtually take, shaking hands with you at the caller's box. He was, so... But he's, he's not out of it tonight. All right. So out of your runners tonight, which one are you most confident about? Um, knowing the truth, I'd have to go with Bro in the last. I'm pretty confident with him. You know, he's he's not going to... They're not going to take him on or anything at the start and gut bust him and drop out and leave us there as a sitting duck, so... We'll just hopefully go back and he relaxes and we can take off and just go straight past him. All right, well, 290, we've got to be patient, wait for the very last race. So busy night tonight, busy weekend, busy couple of, uh, well, a busy period, I should say, coming up for you with the show. Tell me this, how many show bags do you reckon you'll grab on the weekend? Oh, I don't know, Chris. We, um, I normally don't do that kind of thing. I <laughs> mainly drink and do the horses more than anything, but mm. yeah, I think we'll get a couple of show bags this year. Yeah, just obviously, I've been to the show a couple of times, and I've gone down there into that area. There, it's, it gets very busy with people, and you know, you obviously, getting to the track uh, to the to the show, and you know, you've got uh, car rate cars there, and all the animals and all that sort of stuff. Can you just explain the logistics and how it all works? They're getting to the show, and what's it like when you actually get there in preparation for these events at the ECA? Yeah. Yeah, well, you've got a um, you've got to get like passes and all that to get your cars and floats and all that into the prop- property, and then you've got virtually like an hour to move everything and to move straight back out. Um, it is a bit hard, you know, with all the trucks and everyone trying to set up and everything keeps on moving. So yeah, what would you say the circumference of that track is there at the Ecker? Any idea? No, I don't know. It's very tight. It is tight, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you lead and you win, basically. It's very hard to sort of come from back. Have you seen something come from back and win there over the years? Um, yeah, I think there was one one year I did sit back about, um, I think I was three wide cover, actually, and there was a lot of speed early. I got over the top, but, yeah, I wouldn't want to do that again. That was actually mm. pretty scary as well. It must be a massive buzz, though, given the crowds that they get there and the kids really get behind it and start yelling out. It's It must be a real, you know, buzz for you guys. Yeah, no, it is. A, it's actually a real big buzz. Like, you can go to any big races, like the fake nights and everything, and just the crowd being so close to the track, I think it gives us all a bit of more of a buzz than anything else. Mm. Well, it'll be in the hundreds of thousands, the potential audience that you've got there over the, over the whole period of the show. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly right. When those people walk away. There might be a handful of them, um, you know, that walk away with a great, uh, you know, that want to get involved in the sport. Uh, that's what we're hoping for. Thanks for that. No, nah, all good. Thank you. There is Dan Russell, Chris, joining us this morning on um, Mobile Rolling. Taylor, uh, Taylor Gillespie is with us. Our next guest. Taylor, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How's the team going? Yeah, really good at the moment. Can't complain. How many are you working? 22. 22? Yeah, we're very busy. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, <laughs> that's more than I expected. So there's a few that are obviously working up. Yeah, we do have a few um, that had gone out for a spell and working back up and the, a few newbies. So, yeah, keep them busy. Okay, any new trotters? Yes, I do have a new trotter, uh, a couple of new trotters actually. Majestic Lavros um, has come over from New Zealand and Whirlwind Wilbur. Mm, okay, so he raced last week, went really well, uh, whirlwind Wilbur, so it's only a matter of time before he strikes. Majestic Lavros is a good pickup. Yeah, really excited to have him. Uh, Mark Gurry actually owns both of them, and 
he bought in with the Indian Dominion, trotting into Dominion in mind at the end of the year here. So, um, yeah, very excited. All right. Well, that's good news. Tell me, is it still... Is it still Kid Gloves with Dreamy? Uh, he was back at the trials the other week. Is it still Kid Gloves? Oh, he's he's a headache. Uh, <laughs> That's being kind. <laughs> he'll probably trial again this week on Friday. Um, we're still trying all different gear adjustments on him. I think we've just about run out of gear changes, but um, his work's been good this week, so we'll, we'll try again. All right. He got very fired up in that trial, didn't he? Yeah, I, I felt for Matt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. His arms are a little bit longer now, but anyway, that's why he gets paid the big bucks. So uh, that's his job on Friday, to get him around safely. Let's focus on your runners tonight. Rockney N, race one, number five. Uh, certainly going well enough. I, is this a race that uh, he can take tonight? Oh, it's a sticky draw. Um, I don't know what Matt's going to want to do, but... Um, He's been quite tough his last few starts, so if we if he rolls forward and gets a good position, I'm sure he'll be thereabouts again. Okay. How did you sort of grade that effort last week when he finished fourth? He was good. Uh, he copped a bit of pressure the whole way, and I think the first two quarters were in 29 or something like that. So he, it was a good run. He didn't get beat too far. Okay. Do you think he's better up close to the speed or, or, or following speed? Uh, I think up close. He's done it both ways, but yeah. um, I think up close. I think when he's come from behind, the speed's been on the whole way. He's been able to sort of get over the top of them. But, yeah, I think he sort of prefers up close. All right. Race four tonight, Mr Rio de Janeiro. Uh, you can never rule this guy out, and as soon as you do, he'll make you pay like he did four starts ago. So he's capable. Um, how does he sort of measure up in this field for you? It's... Just another tricky draw. Um, we used to sort of come out the gate with him and lead, but now we've sort of gone the opposite way and he seems to go better. So um, he probably will go back, I just however the race pans out. But like you say, he's always there about, so I don't rule him out. All right, and they've got you there all night because your other runner is in the last race tonight. Race nine, number nine, offers bad boy. Really good winning two starts ago. Were you disappointed last time out? Uh, he was unlucky last time. I think he didn't really get a clear run. Um, Matt came off the track and said he was really happy with him. So um, I think with the right run tonight, I definitely think he'll be uh, near the top three. Yeah. Well, you've got a couple of difficult draws there tonight. Uh, certainly no uh, favourable draws. So of the trio, which one are you most confident about? Not really confident with any of them, but we'll go off a bad boy. Okay, so we'll wait for that last race. Race nine, number nine. Do we have to wait until Saturday night for your best chance? Prince Joyce finally landed a gate, barrier one. So will this be his race on Saturday night? I hope so. Um, he's super at the moment. He's just flying. So hopefully he ends up with a good run there and um, can capitalise. Well, he is going well. The other thing that stands out, he looks like he is just uh, loving life at the moment. He looks a very fit and healthy horse. He's got a real shine to his coat when he steps out. Yeah, he's a nice-looking horse, yeah. Yeah, well put together. All right, so a good chance there, hopefully, on Saturday night with Prince Joy. We'll be patient for the last race tonight. Race 9, number 9, office bad boy. You better get back to the work. With 22 in work, there's a few more to still be done by the sound of it. Yep, <laughs> yep, there's, it's going all day. Oh. You'll have to do it Richie Ben, ben o style when they ask you how many you got in work. 22. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Taylor. Taylor Thanks, Gillespie Taylor. joining us. Darren Clayton's with us, Chris. Darren, good morning. Morning, Chris. Morning, Steve. The Echo, Steve, mm. 400 metre circumference, 400. four laps to the mile. Yeah. And when Dan said he was three wide with cover, how many do you reckon they'd get off the front? There wouldn't be, you, you wouldn't fit too many off the front there, would you? Five, isn't it? Uh, it wouldn't be any four, more, isn't it? Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they only had they only have races of four, didn't don't they? I thought. I'm not sure. Anyway, I'm just going back because I tweeted all this last year, but I can't remember. I put some videos <laughs> up, so I'm just going to find it. Let you all know when I find you it. You chase that up. I'll talk mm. to Darren about a few different things. Darren, Steve's been talking about the Eureka. That's the big countdown race now. So September two. From the weekend, uh, Leap to Fame went about his business as he does best by winning, and he was really dominant. Catch a Wave 
looked okay in his workout. Captain Ravishing much the same. Magician was able to stamp his ticket by taking out the bow tide. Is Leap to Fame still the horse to beat in your opinion? From what I know, it's difficult to compare trials to races, Chris, but from what we saw over the weekend, those three big horses and then also potentially Rip going around and the Bowtide, um, geez, I can't understand why the price of Leap to Fame's drifted considering what we saw. Like um, that last quarter, again, under a, you know, a vice-like grip from Grant Dixon, 26 and 6 home at the end of the trip. So, um, you know, he's going really well. Just proved how good he, he came through out of that Blacks of Fake run where he had that incident. So he's definitely the one I want to be on uh, for sure. I don't. I think Captain Ravishing, the reports out of that trial was that, uh, since that uh, he got on a shoe and has caused a little bit of an issue with his hoof out of that, which is why... Uh, you don't like to just plain sort of knock things around, but I thought that was a very plain trial. I know he worked by himself, but um, going into a $2 million race for what he's got to step up against, um, I, I couldn't see much positive come out of that, other than um, whether that hoof problem treading on that shoe really caused an issue. The catch a wave, did what he had to. Um, that was just a nice two-horse trial. Interestingly, that Andy Gath has changed plans somewhat with what he originally set out in that catch-a-wave will go around this week. I don't think that was in his original campaign plans, but um, we know with, with Andy he can, get, uh, he can get a horse to peak at the right time off a varied campaign, like catch-a-wave went around in 1,200-metre races going into um, you know the Chariots of Fire and Miracle Mile, so uh, I wouldn't possibly read too much into that so definitely at the moment uh leap to fame interesting one with rip he, he was okay in his return there in that free-for-all race at menangle just one for you chris if wayne loader doesn't choose to go with his own horse in rip and bernie hewitt and does opt to to take a tim's a trooper or another horse would that would bernie take the drive on that horse or, or how do you think that would set up yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but it'd all be part of the negotiating, wouldn't it? That would have to be done uh, in the process of securing that horse. Yeah, it, and I know every every slot, they have their own negotiation terms in how it works out. But um, with Wayne being such a strong supporter of the Hewitt stable, and um, yeah, you'd think that perhaps he might throw in a, a clause in there that, um, you know, if you're taking my slot, because I don't, um, Rip sort of hasn't measured up so quickly in his campaign well um you know bernie gets the drive in the in the red and white or white and red horseshoes mm. just on captain rubbishing i did send has tiber a message uh, when we started just to get the latest he said we'll have another trial we're happy with him and i said great gear change with a question mark and i just haven't heard back at this stage but that's uh, so one trial then into the race fresh as chris yeah. indicated all right uh darren what about my theory with john singleton do you reckon he's leaning towards that perth mare uh, wonderful to fly, given her overall record. She was far from disappointing last week uh, when you look at the sectionals from the race. So do you think he's leaning that way? Do you think there's any theory that by selecting her with her record, it covers all states of Australia? Yeah, I think I think you could be spot on the money there, Chris. And the other thing with Singer, you look at all these good thoroughbreds over the years, they've nearly all been mares. Or the, you know, the, mm. All the big names that you come out have been fillies or mares. So, um, you know, he might... Um, you know, he's had a few wives too. He might have a softer spot for the female side. Yeah, certainly. Uh, just from the trials this morning at Menangle, Danger Zone finished third in his trial in 52-7. The trial was won by Zeus Bromack and Everard, who's bound for Brisbane next week for the two-year-old Qbred Triad final. She was able to win her trial in 55-3, finishing off in 27-6. So just a couple of trials there from uh, Sydney this morning. Speaking of trials, what about yesterday? Have you had a look at the trials of Riley Rainbow and For Real Life? They were... They were both as good a trials as you'd want to see heading into a feature race. Um, we know with the Qbred, uh, I think last year it changed and this year again the same format where the top four sort of seeds or money earners get straight through to the final. So Riley Rainbow and For Real Life both in that category in their respective divisions. So um, they're warming up with trials for real life off the back of, um, you know, a little bit of a setback. You, you wouldn't 
be more impressed by a last quarter off, off that. He fired out. Um, nice trail on Speak the Truth, who's obviously Eureka bound. We have that four-year-old championship, uh, four-year-old triad race next week as a lead-up. For real life, geez, he just zipped by him, didn't he? It was a really sharp Ooh. piece of work. Um, slick time too, so it wasn't like it, um, you know, wasn't flattered by the time. It was, it was a really slick closeout. Riley Rainbow, she loomed up and sat parked for probably about the last 600, maybe a little bit less. But uh, Balboa Rock, he's already a feature race winner. He won the APG race uh, a few weeks back now when he was under the care of Emma Stewart. Grant Dixon has the has him now. But, um, yeah, she just loomed up and was really strong to the line. And um, it was a nice bit of work from Balboa Rock as well. His last uh, race was probably a little bit flat. Uh, Delhi Rowe, he closed out nicely as well, but Riley Rainbow, she's all honest with her out of that trial. That was a really nice hit out heading into next week's triad. Yeah, a lot to look forward to with both of those. They were very good trials uh, for real life. 53-1, 26-5 his last quarter. Coming off the bank of Speak the Truth, driving engagements for uh, uh, both Riley Rainbow, Delhi Rowe, with Pete McMullen being away, as we just uh, heard earlier with the World Drivers' Championship. That will be interesting, so we'll wait and see there. Hey, just uh, you mentioned Andy Gath earlier talking about Catch a Wave. Uh, have we got some news about a Queensland horse that's set to join his stable? Yeah, so um, I've heard during the week that uh, the trotter, my ultimate Eddie, uh, will be heading down to Andy Gath to target the Vic Bread series. Um, he's come up here, he took a while to get going. He's a pacing bred trotter, um, and Mark Rees has done a pretty good job with him. He's a, a son of Art Major. Took a while to work him out. He got him into the Great Square, but um, that big Group 1 feature we had, but he's an OD horse at that point in time. It was still a good run in that race, and then... Uh, he's since been able to win. He will now be off to Victoria. He's having a, a few days off and then likely to head to Victoria for a Vic, Bed, Vic Bread campaign under Andy Gath. And then um, where he heads after that probably just depends how he performs. Okay, so we'll watch with interest down there. Uh, my ultimate Eddie joining the stables of Andy Gath. Uh, what about Reckliffe tonight? We've got nine races. Where do we find your best bet? Yeah, I thought we could go to race four, horse number three, just rolling around. Uh, first up in Queensland last week, uh, Damon Watson's come up with a bit of a travelling team. He's had an association, um, their family's had an association with Gary Gerard previously, so Gary's doing the training, Damon's doing the driving. Um, it was a good winner last week, went on to score a seven metre victory. A Wagga winner three starts back in good time. You'd expect a good time around the bigger Wagga track than Redcliffe. But uh, off the effort of last week, I can see no reason why it can't go again. So race four, horse three, just rolling around. OK, 260 currently with tab fixed prize. What else takes your fancy tonight? Yeah, uh, it's good to hear the thoughts of uh, Dan Russell there earlier in your program, Chris. And I'd, I was keen on race five, just one race later. Gabby's ideal gets the gate. She's a gate speed mare. That gives her the option. So um, if there is too much pressure, they can just sort of take cover if need be. But I don't think there should be too much pressure in that race. The main gate speed horse is drawn directly to outside. So uh, it's a lot harder to get across from right next to other than wider out. So I think Gabby's ideal can burrow through and uh, she gets her chance. Race five, horse one. All right, 2.30. What about the quaddy? That's the first leg. So the quaddy races five, six, seven and eight. Throw some uh, numbers my way, please. Yeah, so we'll go one out with Gabby's ideal uh, in that first leg. The second leg, race six. I think Hey Mr Taylor, he's building towards a win. He's had a few runs back from a spell now. A little bit sticky out there in gate five, but I think this race should set up nicely for him. Good bit of uh, tempo and pressure to his inside. Throw in number eight, Flow Rider. Um, with, a, with the right trip, he can certainly feature. And don't discount, for no reason, another of Dan Russell's horses. She's in great form. So uh, two, five, and eight in the second leg. The third leg, race seven. Um... Happy to go one out again here with number two, Last Call. He's had three starts in Queensland, placed in all three. Um, rattled home late last time out behind Lord Memnock. He was a two-year-old, um, not too far away the start prior. Just the way the other horses are drawn are main dangers in this race. Should be hard to beat there from gate two, so she's on top. 
and the last leg um, I thought uh, Jenny Anderson she's only got a couple of horses but she's a chance of perhaps snaring a double here I've got number four Heavenly Sea on top um, certainly a race that she can feature in throwing number five Mad-Eye Reactor he's never too far away um, he's one of those horses that just sort of needs the right conditions and number eight Abby Diadema never too far away especially in a race like this looks to have got back in grade a little bit so she can certainly feature as well so four five eight in the last leg well it's very simple tonight one only in that first leg two five eight the second leg two only in the third leg we bring it home with four five and eight grand total of nine dollars for 100 percent of the dividend yeah it can be um they can look too easy sometimes but hopefully that's not the case tonight all right, race four, number three, just rolling around, 260 your best bet. The other one, race five, number one, Gabby's Ideal at 2.30. We had a number of uh, triad heats yesterday. Uh, what stood out there? And also, just with the trotters at the moment, the two-year-old trotters, uh, Keith and Melissa Gillies have got their young horses going really well. Gate with Grace, unbeaten, three for three. Northern Heights was going to play a hand in the finish before he got into trouble and made the break. But... Um, my high expectations, the sire of both Gate with Grace and also Northern Heights, Dexterous Dexter. So he's flying along my high expectations. Uh, the Mabu Pacing Association, I think there's a, a raffle and uh, the, the winning uh, prize is a service fee to my high expectations. So if anyone's chasing any tickets, contact the Marburg Pacing Association, in particular Dennis Smith, and he'll be able to get you sorted with tickets. So going along really well with a couple of nice trotters here in the Sunshine State. So just going back to that Q-bread question with the triad heats yesterday, what was the standout for you? Yeah, obviously Synchroniser, um, she was pretty good. She didn't really have to do much. Uh, Cosmic Flyer, he's the one for me. He's just, he's just so green, this horse, but, gee, he looks to have some ability and, and a motor to match. Um, Ron Wells um, saw a little bit of an interview with him yesterday on the Creek social pages, and, um, you know, I, I don't know too much about Ron's history in the sport, but um, he said, you know, this is the best horse I've ever had, and... Um, his win there a few weeks back at Albion Park was just super where he was last on the home turn and then yesterday wanted to run out all the way up the straight but uh, he just kept knuckling down and, and held on in pretty good time in a good last quarter um, probably out of the heats outside of the heats, quick change too Yeah, he was good horse. yesterday wasn't he? Yeah, really good um, he's, a, he's a big lump of a horse for a two year old and um, you know he's already qualified, so he was ineligible to go in the in the heat. So he had to tackle the older horses yesterday, and from gate seven, and and really rattled home late um, in good time as well. So I thought he was really good as well. So they're probably too, um, probably worth noting too the the effort of attachment. Um, Sunshine Beach, Washington Lass, two year old Washington Lass. She's three time Queensland Broodmare of the Year. She's got another one through to a two year old final already won this race twice with big wheels and away we go and she gets attachment in there so um, you know that's a that's a pretty good effort from a breeding perspective so yeah the, the, they were the main ones and going back to gate with grace she looks she looks a really smart filly just seems to be bomb proof at the moment and mm. just just doing it all good and um, you said there Dennis Smith so um, the owner and breeder of Gate with Grace and Northern Heights and Dexter Stecks, all those horses. Catherine McLaughlin is Dennis's sister-in-law, so a um, bit of a family affair there. And, and um, she's she's had a, a long involvement with the Trotters, mainly campaigns of Trotters, and finally looks to have got a, a couple of handy ones.